920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 0111911. It is uh, Monday morning, January the 8th as we start off a brand new year. Slow City Fire Chief Todd Tuggle is in with his parka on in studio because it's 58 degrees here in the studio. Oh, man. Oh, it just jumped up to 59. Yeah, so but that, there's a wind chill. Yeah, there is. It is cold in here. It is super cold. <laughs> and my puffy jacket is doing its job. You are. You have a puffy jacket on this morning. It was, it was 42 when I walked into the studios this morning. In the studio. In the studio, not outside. That little right-hand corner is the in the studio temperature. 42. Yeah, That's it was, cold. It was 42. Oh, it's cold outside. <laughs> I had the Carhartt was not on the hook until about <laughs> until about 6.30. Oh, well, Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. You all set for uh, for New Year, rainy weather? We got just like a little bitty taste of it, and and it's not bad? It's not bad. I mean, compared to last year, you know, tomorrow's uh, a year that we uh, had those just torrential rainstorms and flooding in downtown slow, so... Uh, looks like we're not on track for that, so I'm uh, I'm thankful for that. Well, and it also looks like if we were, that uh, folks are ahead of the game too. I think so. Yeah, um, I know yeah. that's public works, not fire department. But right. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, they've been doing good work. They've been working on this stuff for 12 months, and uh, they've been doing a really good job. Did a lot of work out of Perfumo Canyon, uh, cleaning the um, the creek way up, going down into Laguna Lake. Did the uh, the the dam right there at Laguna and Perfuma Creek as it crosses behind San Luis Ranch. So uh, San Luis Creek as well did yeah. a lot of work clearing things out. So thus far, things look good. We had that rainstorm that came in uh, right before the new year and uh, got about almost two inches. And everything looked good, including the Lizzie Scar up above uh, City of Slow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, cold weather probably should take just a second and and tell people to be careful of those space heaters. Be careful of the space heaters. Yeah. You know, if you haven't run your heater yet this year, um, make sure you're awake and uh, aware. Uh, get the dust out of it and get the uh, the filters cleaned and replaced. Um, but make sure you're not covering up those uh, those vent holes. So a lot of folks living in older homes have some of the floor vents. Uh, make sure those are right. Get those uncovered. You know, get furniture off of them. Uh, clothing, storage, get stuff away from them. Uh, they do get warm and they can potentially start fires. And then on the electrical side, make sure uh, your systems are good to go. Um, you're not overloading circuits. A uh, short circuit in a heater um, or an overloaded circuit breaker uh, can start a fire. And uh, they can be deadly this time of year. Well, they can be deadly any time of year, but particularly now when everything's sealed up and people are trying to stay warm. Are, uh, are chimney fires a problem in this area? Do, do we have a lot of, a lot of people that are burning wood? Uh, we haven't had a lot. We had one about two years ago, uh, an apartment complex, actually about a year ago, an apartment complex, uh, downtown. Um, actually it was, uh, embers got out and then lit off the, uh, uh, needle debris that had accumulated on oh. the roof. So kind of like what we talk about in the wildfire scenario where we get the uh, leaf debris and accumulation. In this particular case, it was pine needles that caught on fire and uh, got the outside of the building going. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely something we want to be aware of and uh, want to burn the right fuel, the right firewood, good, clean, cured firewood. Keep the sparks down. Okay. Yeah. So so when you say clean, cured, if, if it's not, that means there's more sparks? 
Right. Well, what can happen is it can develop a lot of smoke. A lot of times if you're not using um, cured wood, it's wet and it tends to create a lot of smoke. Uh, if you're using the wrong kind of wood, for instance, eucalyptus, eucalyptus is burn. extremely dangerous to burn in a uh, fireplace. It's very hot for starters. It has a lot of oils in it, hence the uh, eucalyptus oils that we right. all love and cherish. And uh, yes, exactly. And that uh, puts off a really, can put off a really accurate dark smoke. Uh, with a lot of, uh, a lot of sparks and, uh, that can come out of that. So yeah, make sure you're using the right fuel and, uh, right wood and, uh, yeah, burn safely. Now, in, in uh, visits gone by, you've told us about a special unit that you have that, um, sorry. Uh oh. No. <laughs> That is out working with the homeless folks. Oh, gotcha. Okay, wow. Okay. I'm glad that we uh, got on the same track there. Uh, you had me a little worried there for a minute, Andy. So they, <clears throat> with the cold weather, Yes. I was sitting here thinking, is that something, does it get easier because um, population is moving out of the area, searching for warmer temperatures, or does it get tougher because they're, they've got folks that are here dealing with the cold weather with no place to stay? Yeah, it, it gets harder. Um the, uh, in all seriousness, um, actually, the mobile crisis unit, when it, when we're doing the outreach part of it, um, the inclement weather is difficult. The heat is one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, during the summertime. But during the wintertime, you really see the um, the desperate situation people are in. Right. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, and people begin to take cover in places that you wouldn't normally expect it. And so for an example, uh, we had an individual last year that took refuge behind a dumpster over at, uh, over off Laguna, um, just to get out of the rain and get out of the cold. And, um, and unfortunately in the process, um, using, using drugs, uh, had a fire lit for warmth and, uh, ended up, uh, passing out and dying over the top of the fire because, <clears throat> trying to seek out that refuge, trying to get out from underneath the uh, out from underneath the element. So it becomes a little more difficult because they're not out in the open. Um, they tend to be seeking places to you know stay out of cover or stay out of the element. So it can be a little more difficult finding folks at this time of year. Um, and you definitely begin to see the desperate nature um, of being homeless and living out in the elements. It, it it has to be a tough a tough call for some of the people that are out there, uh, some of the folks that you've got out there working on it. Yes. You know, being able to 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 step in and help them when they're you know they're already cold. Yeah, it, it can be a grind. Um, you know, because you're trying to help people, and the, and the amount of resources we have available is not enough to make to meet the need. Uh, if it was, then reasonably speaking, we probably wouldn't have homeless folks. So. I uh, hope people live in outside of a home or outside of shelter, but uh, it, it can be difficult. You know, you're trying to get people uh, to a place of help, and and sometimes people are willing, um, but the resources aren't necessarily there to support it, and Got so it. that can get uh, that can be that can be um, that can be weighty on our folks that are out there working, uh, which is why I commend them for doing it because they continue to push and they continue to have hope in the people out there and, um, and continue to try. And we do see, um, we do see some positives and it's what keeps our folks going. You know, I think about our, um, caseworker in the mobile crisis unit and, um, you know, for about every 20 contacts he, uh, he has, he'll have something positive where somebody agrees to, uh, and has a family member abroad that we can, uh, get him connected to. Mm-hmm. And we'll get him a bus pass, a plane ticket, a, a train ticket, and we'll get him to get him connected, get him out, 
um, out of the elements and into shelter. And and those are those are what keep people going day in and day out. At least our our, our personnel that continue to do this with that unit is that full time job for them? Is yes. that something they they're taking on? You yeah. know, every day they come to work, or is it something they they're fighting fires and and doing doing other firefighting duties, and they just put that hat on once in a while? Yeah, so it's a split. It's a civilian role right now, and so it's it's forty hours a week. But it is a mobile crisis unit first and foremost. So in other words. We have a lot of mental health-related calls that our first responders go to. And we also have a um, community action team, which is the police equivalent of our mobile crisis unit. And so when we have behavioral health or, or mental health-related calls, those two units can respond. But the rest of the time, when they're not responding to calls, then they're doing outreach. And that's where we're going out into the right. into the creeks, out downtown, and trying to get people connected to services to get into a better spot. Yeah, that's it's one that Wendy Lewis was just in from uh, Echo this last mm. week, and she was talking about uh, sometimes it just starts with an offer of a shower. Absolutely, you know, or just it just starts with a hey, is there something I can help you with? And right. you know, hooking them up with a meal or that shower or something, and then then they start to realize, okay, there are people that are there who can help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you know, it, most of the folks of probably three quarters to you know maybe eighty ninety percent of the folks that are out there, they're not there because they want to. They're not there because they thought this was the best option, that they thought sleeping outside when it was 36 degrees was a great idea. Yeah. Um, and something is, they've had a series of calamities that have gotten them where they are. And so, you know, it can take one, it can take 10, it can take 20 contacts before they agree and believe that somebody has faith in them. And so they agree to help. And when they agree to help, that's where the resources need to be available. And that's where our folks sometimes struggle is we don't always have the resources available. But when those resources are available, when a family member is available or a bed is available or a treatment option or a, a detox center is open and they can get that first step, mm -hmm. wow, that's when you start to see you know, the one step leads to another and another and another. And ultimately, you see people finding themselves in housed situations. And that, those are the success stories. Who makes the decision um, when that call comes in that there is a, a mental health situation um, with someone who is unhoused? I'm, I'm always trying to tread really carefully on how I sure. phrase things here. Yeah. And I hope I get them right. Uh, who makes the decision whether they're calling fire department or police department? Um, it, yeah, it's going to depend on what the, well, the, the dispatcher is the one who ultimately makes that call. Okay. So that, that's the, the, uh, slow PD for, for, um, the city of slow has a dispatch center that dispatches both police and fire. And based on the information you give them, that will determine what resources go. So if it appears to be somewhat medical in nature, it tends to be fire in, in an ambulance. If mm -hmm. it tends to be more of a, you know, a disruption of, you know, uh, society, so to speak, then that, they'll tend to be, or violent in nature, that tends to be PD. And they've got multiple options as well. They've got community service officers. They've got law enforcement officers. They've got the CAT team, the community action team. So uh, the dispatcher will usually determine that based on the information that uh, the callers give. Sounds good. Yeah. Any, anything else you know, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I, you and I just, we, we tend to just sit here and chat. All well, the time. Scott, you got anything you want to add in here? No, I was, I'm just sitting here mesmerized. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I was going to add is just that um, you know I did bring one thing to the table to talk about. I was a little bit a little bit nervous. I had like two minutes worth of stuff, but uh, it's just you know we are going to see more rain. It, you know, El Nino is is being confirmed. We right. saw it in the last couple of weeks, and just making sure everybody is prepared for the rain, prepared for the uh, you know for another rainy season doesn't I. 
doesn't look like it's going to be as bad as last year. But right. nonetheless, making sure you're prepared for that. So clearing out your gutters, uh, clearing out your curbs, um, clearing off your roofs, uh, making sure you're ready to go. If you're downtown, we have the floodgate program in the downtown area. Make sure you know where those things are. If you own or run those stores downtown, make sure you communicate with your folks on where those floodgates are. Um, you know, chances are fairly slim at this point, but nonetheless, that preparation, we talk about it all the time, you know, ready, set, go, right? Be prepared for, you know, should we get that big rain again? So just wanted to do that one shout out. Floodgates, where the floodgates are. What do you, what what is Oh, so you're not familiar with the, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm I'm going to prep James for uh, his his, uh, commentary (laughs) next week. Well, the floodgate program, and I'll I'll let James next week talk about, uh, you know, floodgate program in way more detail, but the floodgates are basically um, the downtown businesses. Many of them have a built-in architectural feature, and it's about a 24-inch little piece of wood or metal that goes in the entryways uh, in many of the businesses. And it was part of an older program, and I'm remiss, I'd be remiss if I said I knew all the details. But effectively, um, as you walk into many of the stores downtown, especially on Hygera, if you look as you walk in, there's actually little um, catches for their floodgates. And they actually slide the floodgates in, and they provide about a 24-inch barrier where it keeps the water from entering the store. So stores. when you say know where they are, that's for the employees down there to know where they are in yep. the building to be able to grab and put them in place. Because a lot of those buildings have basements downtown, and oh, yeah. uh, and uh, they tend to get stored kind of eh, out of the way a little bit. And uh, when you need them, you got to know where they are. All right. It's in the back room behind the size eight. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the, the floodgates. All right. Well, hey, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me. Slow City Fire Chief Todd Tuggle comes in once a month to uh, keep us updated on what's going to keep you safe out there. And we really appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, okay? The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.